You're listening to the Robert Hartley Games Master Podcast. The following is audio from my interactive tabletop role-playing game series, Twitch Tales, which plays out through my Twitch channel, Robert Hartley GM. The chat act as a hive mind collective to control the actions of the main character, while all of the NPCs in the wider world is controlled by me. Enjoy. Welcome to Twitch Tales, episode 15. You're in a forest, you've been helping out these uh, these elves to rebuild after the goblin attacks, and um, and recently you went back to the goblin camp to see if there were any clues you missed, and you found that it, it had been salvaged. Um, it had been destroyed and, sal- and anything useful salvaged. Uh, by tracking them, you found that it, uh, the people who salvaged it were uh, at least one horse and three armoured individuals of humanoid size. They were heading north further away from uh, the edge of the forest, deeper into the forest. And you learned that they were heading towards an area called the Great Expanse, which is just an area of uh, largely flat uh, forest that's that's um, mostly without landmark. Aside from about 30 miles through the Great Expanse, there is a, a sort of lonely mountain of sorts, which is uh, known as the uh, Sedentary Mountain, which you learned was once a, a volcano, an active volcano, uh, but has been sedentary, dormant, for many years now. So having just left Munglofau Ming- and started heading back towards the west, about two hours uh, walk through the forest to try and get back to our original marker where we left the trail to pick up the trail of the things that you're following. You perhaps got a little bit complacent with having already trod this part of the forest uh, within the last couple of hours. And so perhaps you're not perhaps you're not paying attention or perhaps you're paying attention to the wrong thing. When there is a Yashaw a snapping of twigs behind you, and you turn round, but you don't see anything there. And, well, it's not that unusual, you're in a forest, things move around, it's no big deal. But it suddenly reminds you to maybe be a bit more aware of your surroundings again. At which point you realise there's an interesting smell in the air. There's definitely a... There's definitely some kind of plant around here that you're not familiar with. It smells like, yeah, it smells like the, a pollen maybe that you're unfamiliar with that's in the air. Again, you look around, nothing there. Never mind. You turn and continue on. You might be a little paranoid now that you're, you've already started to get suspicious, but you swear you can hear something moving behind you in the forest, but every time you turn around, you don't see anything, just the trees. Eventually, though, you enter a clearing and you and you, you do see movement ahead of you. And I will take us over to the battle map so that you can see what we see. Over here, you can see Apis and the giant bee. Apis is walking a little ahead and has just entered this clearing here. And then if I go across to the battle map page, which is this one here, bring it across here so I can actually see. Apis enters this clearing 
and the movement that they see coming from across the clearing is that of a fearsome white rabbit that has entered the clearing. What do you guys do? You see it. You see. A, you see a fearsome white rabbit has entered the clearing. What do you? What do you do, right? Oh, for fuck's sake, really. <laughs> Animal handling make checks. <laughs> Run over and pat it. <laughs> Funny smelling plants that make you paranoid. wonder what that could be. <laughs> Check Monty Python videos. That's what I do. Do you, do you, not, do you notice the, uh, the white rabbit that I've taken the image from? <laughs> Happens to be the white rabbit of uh, whatever it's called. Antioch or... No, that's the holy hand grenade. Throw the holy hand grenade. Run over and kick it, kick it over the trees. Uh, so we, our, our, our breath catches in our chest as we see movement, and then we realise, okay, it's just a bug, it's just a bunny. I'm, I'm, I'm allowing myself to get a little bit jumpy here. I don't know why. Um, and you, you allow your breath to come back to yourself, your, your blood to, to come back to a normal pressure. Um, and you watch this, you watch this, uh, this wee rabbit. It starts to hop over to this. Hop over to this but uh, this bush, over here. As it hops over to this bush, it starts to nibble at some of the some of the little leaves from this bush. And then its its legs suddenly twitch out, and it starts to almost try and. It's like it's trying to run, but it's not going anywhere. And then you can you you get a bit of a fright, a little bit of a startle, until you, kind of approach a little closer over here, and you realise that the bush has grabbed the front of this rabbit's nose and twigs have poked through its eyes into its brain and that running response is actually its nervous system dying as this twig has started to push itself into the rabbit's face and claw at it and there's blood running down the rabbit's face. I need you to roll initiative. So what we're doing is we're rolling against uh, the blights here and Mel, our, our companion. Uh, so 15. 15's not too bad for Apis. I just got here and somebody's hurting a bunny. That's right. Um, I'll, I'll reveal them in a second. Welcome to Twitch Tales, everyone. Your first time here and Robert's clawing a bunny's face off with a bush. That's right. Then it is... Let's go with... Let's roll the same skill check for uh, Mel because she actually has the same dexterity modifier as us. So... It Makes for a nice, easy way to roll hers. Uh, 22. So Mel's actually going to go ahead of us in the initiative order. Uh, so you can see that this guy starts to move. And he reveals himself as an actual monster. An actual monster, not just a bush. You can see him there. If I pull myself over a little bit further, you can see he, him. There he is. He's a wee twig blight. Oh, only a five, that's good. And then finally, the last one to join the initiative order is going to be... What's that? Ooh, 16, that's not bad. So the, the, uh, the needle bites got just before us in initiative order. So we have all three of our spells still. You can kind of see it down here in this little corner down here. Uh, we've got all three of our spell slots. 
these are the four spells that we know if we wanted to cast any spells. Cure Wounds takes an action, Zephyr Strike takes a bonus action, Hunter's Mark takes a bonus action, and Protection from Good and Evil takes an action. Sorry for not knowing this, but what does the dodge action do? The dodge action uh, means that we don't really do anything on our turn, but we, gra we grant disadvantage on attacks. So if anything tries to attack us, they have to roll twice and take the lower of the two numbers. So they're more likely to miss us. Uh, and also, if we, ha if we are forced to make a dexterity saving throw to dodge out of the way of something, it we have advantage on doing that. So we're more likely to succeed. So that we're less likely to get hit either way with a dodge action. So you've just walked across a clearing and seen that this rabbit is is no more. It is an ex-parrot. It is an ex-rabbit. Just to continue the Monty Python references. Exclamation mark twig. If you want to be in with a chat, uh, chance to decide what Apis is going to do on the first round of combat, you're going to enter exclamation mark twig into the chat. Um, and, uh, and that will enter you into the draw, like Sparrow just did. And then after enough people, once it comes through to Apis's turn, I'm going to roll it. It's going to pick one of you guys randomly, and then you get to decide that entire turn of combat. Your move, your action, your bonus action, you get to decide it all. And then it moves on to the next person and so on. You see this, this rabbit get a couple of twigs forced into the orifices of its face, and it starts to bleed as this, this, uh, this bush in front of it uproots itself from the ground. And the twigs start to gnarl together and, and curl and... Uh, and creak and crack uh, until eventually standing in front of this dead rabbit with its claws through its face is a humanoid figure. A tiny little humanoid, probably about the size, just less than the size of a hobbit. So about um, about two and a half feet tall or so, this, this little twig-like creature. It seems to be very dried wood. Uh, for the most part, it's made of twigs rather than leaves or... or um, uh, green plant material that's much more brown and 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 uh, and solid and dried out very desiccated materials but standing in front of it is this little creature and then you can you also notice kicking off the the fight that there are a couple others that start to come to life uh, that uproot themselves from a nearby bush here and start to move forwards as well Towards this, to, towards getting uh, this this rabbit as a, a nice little meal. I think, uh, I think that's probably with your. Let's see. I'm gonna I'm gonna roll a perception check on Apis's behalf to see how well how much you you recognize about your surroundings when this when all of this suddenly goes down. With an eight, uh, that's all you notice. These three twigs, twig blights starting to, to walk forwards and tear at this rabbit. So Mel, on her turn, she is she's not really aware of what's going on. She uh, she is going to the wrong one. She's going to fly forwards uh, to sort of come up to to where you are and say, "Oh, uh, it seems like uh, we've got the the." Um, uh, the the twig uh, creatures. What the? Well, this is pretty gruesome. Uh, what we? What what exactly? What are they? I'm gonna see. I'm gonna roll a. Um, I'm going to roll a. What's it called? A nature check on your behalf to see if you recognize what these creatures are. With a thirteen, I'd say that they're they're not exactly common. You don't know exactly what they are, but you can you you 
know enough to know that they are uh, they're vicious, bloodthirsty plant men. They're like you can you can tell what you can tell from them effectively that they they are obviously carnivorous um, predators of the forest, uh, and you haven't you haven't come across them before in your uh, in your in your movings around of a forest. So Mel is not uh, not going to go any further with her turn. She's just going to go to there and uh, and and sort of ready effectively. She's I think she's going to take the dodge action just because she's doing nothing else. So she's going to uh, she's going to take the dodge to be to be ready in case anything happens. Um, but then something that you didn't notice with your poor perception is that the tree behind you, this one here. It starts to move forwards, and it's much larger than the others. It's probably about seven feet tall. It seems to be made out of uh, pine needles for the most part, and it was blended in. It was blended in to the trees around it uh, um, to a point you w weren't able to see it before. It steps out of the bush though, and as you see, as you hear the movement, you see this thing, and you realize this is probably what was um, what was following you the whole time. This is probably what you've been hearing moving through the trees. And, real, and realizing now, a little too late, that it is made of tree, it probably accounts for the fact that, of, of why you weren't able to tell that there was anyone there every time you turned around and there was only trees. You now realize you are being attacked by trees. As you realize this, the, uh, the, the, this needle creature brings up what looks to be like uh, the equivalent of a humanoid arm, and then it flings it towards you in this uh, sort of arcing fashion. And as it does so, the the long, thick pine needles that are making make, making up its hand and all the way up its back of its hand fling out in in this arcing uh, fashion, and it's making a ranged attack at you. Uh, that is going to be a twelve to hit, and thirteen is your armor class, so it just misses. It pierces into your um, your leathery armor. So being that we're wearing leather armor, it's just enough to uh, to to uh, to stop the needles before it pierces into us. We f we feel a couple of them like get. Um, maybe like half a centimeter into our uh, skin and it hurts but not enough to cause any major damage <laughs> um, but you realize that potentially this thing could hurt um, much more than that if it if it had flung them with a bit more force so we hadn't have dodged it quite as, as well once it has attacked us it is going to it's going to move over here I think it's going to move up to us and engage us um, like so, and then I think that's all it can do. So now it is Apis's turn. We are going to roll that, uh, roll that check and see who's going to, who's going to do it. So we've got thirteen people who are eligible, and it's Bagel, Bagel Barton. You know how to fight things, right? Had a bit of experience with fighting, Bagel. You're currently engaged with this. Um, with this needle-like uh, humanoid that has tried flinging its pine needles at you, but it just missed. You've got Mel, who's standing beside you, unsure of what to do. And then you've got at least three of these uh, these twig creatures that have started to devour this rabbit. What can you do? So over, over in this corner over here, you can see four spells. So you have four spells, but you've got uh, three spell slots represented by the three berries beneath the spells. So you can cast any one of those spells if you want. Uh, next to, to the right of the spells, you can see that there's uh, a box that says turn and a box that says actions. Those are what you can do. 
So you've got a movement, you've got an action, and you've got a bonus action. For your movement, I'll actually uh, I'll do something that will help you see your movement. If I put you an aura of 25 feet, like so. Ooh, that's a bit bright. Let me turn that down to a, a slightly duller color. Let's go to, let's just go white with it. So with that uh, aura that you can see, that's as far as you can move on your turn. If you move before you've disengaged, when you're right up against somebody, if you move out of combat, then they get to take a free swipe at you as you're turn, turning your back on them effectively. So if you want to put some space between you and it, you can do so, uh, but you've got two options. Do you disengage first, or do you just run and hope for hope that it misses you with its free attack? Because if you don't disengage, uh, so disengage is basically you're using your whole action to um, to sort of carefully step backwards away from it, rather than turning and running. If you don't disengage, then what you're doing is you're turning and running, and you're getting uh, and you're opening your back. So that's why they get a free attack on you. So as your action, you're going to disengage, and then you uh, now you can back away slowly without it getting a, an attack on you, and then you can get as far as the edge of the the white in any direction. Let me zoom out so you can see the surroundings that you can get to. With your so you've used your action now to uh, to disengage, you've now got your movement so you can move anywhere within that uh, white radius, and then you've got a bonus action, which uh, you can potentially do something with your spells, like uh, cast Zephyr Strike or Hunter's Mark. Can you go up by, can you go over by the lake? Yes, you can. So you use your movement to, uh, you, you dis disengage, and then you run with your movement over to this lake over here. And now you've got your bonus action if you want it. So if you want to cast Hunter's Mark or Zephyr Strike, it would use one of your three spell slots for the day, but you can do so. What they do is, what they do is they, uh, Hunter's Mark, marks one of these targets as your primary enemy and anytime you do damage to that enemy you do extra damage to that enemy until they die obviously uh, and Zephyr Strike what that does is it gives you slightly more um, slightly more movement speed and makes you move like the wind effectively it makes you harder to hit uh, when you move away from people like you just did um, and it I don't know it, a few other things you can look up what the spell does if you need to know or you, you don't have to do anything with your bonus action. You can just choose that you're going to end it there. Hunter's Mark on the big boy. All right. So what we are going to do is I'm going to jump across to here. I'm going to click on this guy. I'm going to stick a little green dot on him that tells me that you have Hunter's Marked him. And then I'm going to go into the spells. And I'm going to turn off one of the berries. So we've used one of our three spells. As we run, we chuck the uh, shot the longbow off of our shoulder. We look over towards the tree creature that's just stepped out and tried to slash us with its vines, its, its needles rather, and then we pull up from the ground, focusing in on all of the energy that we've been practicing over the last couple of days since um, since Verin taught us this spell and how to make it work. We focus in on the nature around this creature that it is displacing from its presence. But being that it's made out of plant material itself, it's much easier for us to focus in on what it is and where it is and how it's who it is and what it, where it's standing effectively. And so we just feel that nat uh, nature magic just come to us with it with very little uh, issue. And we feel it's um, it's vines, it's needles go from being this kind of dead, desiccated 
um, fragile kind of manner to being a little bit more it has a little bit more life to it it's got it's 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 invigorated by this this bright green that seems to seek into it seep into its uh, into its very being um which we know from experience helps us uh, in the in the fight to come so that big boy is now hunter's marked it is a concentration spell so we need to now concentrate on that hunter's mark if anytime we take damage we potentially are going to drop the spell um and if we do anything else like casting another concentration spell, we're going to drop the spell. That's the end of our turn, so I'm going to draw the next. I'm, I'm going to start the draw for the next one, which is in this one here. So we'll cancel that one and we'll put in another. So the next one is going to be, let's say, exclamation mark, mark, M A R K for Hunter's Mark. So if you want to be in with a chance to do the next, to decide what happens on the next round of combat, you can start now by putting in exclamation mark, mark, M-A-R-K, like Dilly and Caroline and Katrina have. There you go. All right, so while you're doing that, I will move on to the Twig Blights. The Twig Blights' turn is next. They are going to... This one is going to uh, finish tearing apart this uh, this rabbit. This one is going to start moving over to us. That's only 10 feet away, so it can make it. This one, I think they can only move 10 feet on their turn. Let me check. Oh, 20. That's fine. So he can also make it all the way to us. You also see that coming out of this bush over here and over here are two more. And you realize that you've wandered into a, a a clearing of these things, it seems. And they are attacking in number. So with them, actually, that's pretty useful for you. Because if you with you seeing... Look at this. 20 exactly is not enough. So with 20 feet movement, <laughs> he can't quite get around that pond to get to you. Look, that was a perfect choice of where to stand, Bagel. Look. Because that guy can't get to you. So what he's going to have to do is he's going to have to take his action. He's going to have to take his action to dash to get to you. So now he's going to get to you, but he's not going to be able to attack. The first two are going to get attacks on you, but the se uh, the second guy, uh, the third guy is not. This guy is going to run over and start fighting with this one over the dead rabbit. So rolling a couple of twig blight attacks, we've got a 6 total and a 16 total. So the 6 will misses. It didn't hit 13. But the 16 beat 13, so that one does actually manage to get through our armor and cause damage. And the damage they cause with their tiny little needles is not a lot of damage, but it is some pretty deep scratches across the, across our body. Where's my D4? There we go. Uh, max damage, though. So five points of piercing damage. So Apis takes five points of piercing. I will put that on your... I'll take that off of your 38, you go down to 33. And because you took some damage, you need to make a concentration check, a constitution saving throw, to see if you concentrate on the hunter's mark. So we'll go saving, exclamation mark saving, and then cons. And we just need a 10 or more to, to maintain concentration on hunter's mark. 
11. Ooh, okay. <laughs> we didn't we didn't we didn't see it coming apparently, so it was uh, it was it was pretty close to making us uh, fail our concentration. But as one of them rakes its claws down our back, <laughs> drawing blood, uh, we almost we win some. We almost we almost drop concentration on the hunter's mark, but we just hold on to it and push through, and we we maintain concentration. Uh, that was everything that they can do. That was all the twig blights on their turn. So now it is back to the top of round two. Round two, Mel. Now seeing that there are def definitively bad guys in the area, she knows uh, that she has to do something about it. So she is going to... Hmm. Ooh, this might be a good one, actually. Mel can... I'm just going to fly over here. What's the... What's the range on it? Mel shakes off a dusting of pollen which drifts downwards to form a 15-foot radius cloud up to 30 feet directly beneath her. So 15-foot radius cloud. I close that down and I measure this out. Uh, where's my measuring tool? There it is, no snapping. So 15-foot radius. So she wants to be just above these guys. Mel is not super smart though. I'm going to have her roll an intelligence check. She's got a. She's only got a 6 in intelligence. That's a negative 2. She's dumber than Bodger. So she's going to, I'm going to see if she is smart enough to realize that uh, how close she has to be in order to not get you in the range, the area of effect. She's a, she's a creature, she's a natural creature. Like she's, she's about the same intelligence as an ape, which for a bee is saying something. She's actually very intelligent for a, for a bee. She's just by human standards. She's not smart. She's not book smart. Nothing's dumber than budget. Is she though? Is she really dumb with the budget though? Really? <laughs> She's a very intelligent bee. Just not very intelligent creature overall. Unfortunately, she rolled not very well. So she does not realize quite how close she's getting to you. She's going to get between this, this group of uh, enemies and she's going to do it from about where she is at the moment. So the good thing is she'll get this guy in it as well. But the bad thing is she'll also get you in it without realizing. She flies up in the air, she's got this coating of pollen all over her, and then she shakes like a dog, and all this pollen comes drifting off her, and then it starts to drift downwards below her in these in these kind of hypnotic uh, pattern, and it drifts out and forms like a cloud of about 30 feet diameter. You get, inc you get included in it, but so do all, of the, all five of the twig blights. So you and all five twig blights need to make a constitution saving throw against being put to sleep. Uh, what does it say exactly? Con save. Okay, the DC is fairly low, so because she's fairly low level. So I'll roll for you first, and we'll see if you get put to sleep by your friend's ability. Saving, not skill. Shake, shake, shake your beady. <laughs> shake it all the time. A 16 is enough to succeed, so we do not get put to sleep by uh, by her shaking her booty. I'll get five d20s, roll for them all at once. Give me another one, there we go. Uh, that is one, one fail, one fail, one fail, one fail, and one success. So that is in order. The last one is successful, so that would be this guy over here. 
So that was that was damn successful. I got a four, a four, a four. I've actually got three fours and a six and a nineteen. What are the chances of getting three of an, a particular number when you're when you roll five d twenties, guys? Sleep. That was super successful. I was thinking that oh yeah, she might she might put a couple of them to sleep, um, but she might also put Apis to sleep, and it'll kind of be like uh, it'll toss up. But that's crazy. Um, okay, back over here to update that all for you. So you can see that this one, this one, this one, and this one all went to sleep. This one did not, and you did not. That was Mel's entire turn, though. So now it is the Needle Blight. The Needle Blight is going to... How smart are Needle Blights? Um, they are... Oh, not smart at all. Not smart at all. So with that in mind... He's not smart enough to shake his allies awake. He is smart enough to know that the bee has just done something to attack them. So he's going to ranged attack, fling some needles towards Mel. So he flicks his hand towards her. She gets... Oh, that's definitely going to hit. Uh, so that's going to be... Six, seven points of piercing damage to Mel. She takes seven of that, so she's not actually uh, wounded yet. But it was about a third of her hit points, so it wasn't. She she doesn't want to take many of that, many of those again. What's up with the horseshoe? You say okay. So the lucky horseshoe means it's a once per day ability to reroll. So uh, inspiration is because we've at some point uh, acted in character for Apis, even if it's to our detriment. We've acted in character and therefore I've given us inspiration and that means you can use your inspiration to re-roll an attack or a saving throw or something like that that you make. But the horseshoe is a once per day, it's kind of like a more powerful version of inspiration and you have it as a, on account of you being this being like a solo campaign. Uh, solo campaigns can very easily become TPKs uh, in a way that a regular campaign can't. So to kind of offset that a little bit, I give you a, a lucky horseshoe. Once per day, you can choose to re-roll it. Uh, you, you, can use, you can spend the Lucky Horseshoe to re-roll an attack, an ability check, a saving throw, um, or an attack that targets you as well. So if you, for instance, get crit, like somebody hits you with a critical hit, you can, you can choose to say, like, uh, Lucky Horseshoe, make them, make them re-roll that attack. So let's draw the next person. The next person is Drummer Girl. Drummer Girl 14. Can you make a uh, message of some kind to say that you are going to be that you're in the chat and you've acknowledged that you're here? Yay, awesome. All right, so Drummer Girl, have a think about what you want to do. If you've got any questions, you can ask. Don't feel like you're uh pressured to to get it right that you can do whatever you want in character within reason. Drummer Girl, do I have to do movement before action or can the order be switched? You, you can do them in any order you want. You can even break up your movement, so you can you can move half of your movement now and then your action and then half the movement. You can you can switch it up however you want. Uh, just be aware, drummer girl, that if you if you move away from an enemy that's uh, that's engaged with you, they get to use their reaction to attack. All three of them are asleep, so they won't be able to. But if you wanted to, just keep that in mind. Correct. If they wake up, they'll have flanking on us because it's three on one. The needle bite is definitely within longbow range. Longbow range is way past the edges of this map. Zephyr Strike lets your movement not not provoke opportunity attacks. That's, that's correct. It's one of the benefits of doing Zephyr Strike is that you don't need to disengage. 
Nice, do it, since everyone's asleep. Awesome, so we're going to move away. Um, we're going to move away from them and not get attacks because everyone's asleep. But where are we? Where are we going to? You can you can decide where we're going to. Let me let me zoom out on the map and you can see a bit of a a better region. You can with your twenty five feet of movement, you can get to pretty much anywhere on this uh, in anywhere that's highlighted. Obviously, not up a tree or like all the way to the edges if you have to go around obstacles. Do we lose Hunter's Mark if we use Planar Warrior? Uh, no, Planar Warrior is not a concentration, I don't think. Let me just double check that. No, it's not concentration. So you wouldn't lose, uh, if you did um, if you did Hunter's Mark and Planar Warrior, you'd get both damage. You'd get your D6 from Hunter's Mark and your D8 from Planar Warrior. Plus your D8 from your actual longbow as well. If you do, if you activate Zephyr Strike, you definitely lose Hunter's Mark because that definitely is a um, concentration. Let's head to the other side of the lake, south of that single tree. Sure thing. So we we quickly, while these guys fall asleep, we quickly use the opportunity to disengage uh, without having to actually disengage, and we run all the way around to the other side of this tree here. Ooh, 25 feet. I'll say, yeah, I'll say we can get to about there. So we can get to next to this tree here. Uh, we now have our, so that was our movement. We've now got our action, Drummer Girl, and we've got a bonus action. One of the bonus actions you can do below me here, you can see it says Planar Warrior, 1d8 force damage. You l you've learned to draw on the energy of the multiverse to augment your attacks. As a bonus action, you can choose one creature you th that you can see within 30 feet of you. <sighs> Let me check. Technically, you could have done it before you moved, I guess, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, he's within 30 feet. So any of the creatures on the battlefield are within 30 feet, just. Uh, you choose one creature you can see within 30 feet of you. The next time you hit that creature on this turn with a weapon attack, all damage you deal by the attack becomes force damage. The next time you hit that creature on this turn with a weapon attack, all damage dealt by the attack becomes force damage, and the creature takes an extra 1d8 force damage from the attack. So that's that means that you. Uh, it's not going to be... If that needle guy is resistant to certain types of attack, then it basically means you're going to overcome any resistances. You're also going to do an extra four or five damage on average from the D8. All right, so do Plain Naboria as your bonus action and then attack as your action. Awesome. So movement, quickly run around the other side of the lake. Uh, bonus action: You turn around and you focus your mind across to the planar warrior, uh, t across to the, uh, the the needle blight. You think back to uh, the the fight that you were having with the displacer beast a couple days ago, where where that little irritating uh, fey creature was was taunting you about how to use the energies of the universe to augment your attacks. You focus in your mind on what what happened at the time. You draw out your arrow. You draw it back. And you think real hard about the, the the different portals of the universe, the creations of all of these different worlds, and the magical energy known as the force energy that create that went into the creation of everything. You slow your breathing. You look across at the needle bright blight as it as it draws back for another uh, round of volley towards. Um, towards your bee companion and then you let it fly the arrow streaks forwards and as soon as it passes the edge of your bow it seems to turn into 
just this ethereal nature of uh, just like the, the the wood that makes up the arrow shaft is actually turning into magic itself. Now you need to make an attack. So the longbow attacks with a d20, which rolled an eight plus two from our um, plus two from our our being a ranger, plus four from our uh, strength, our dexterity, and our proficiency. So we got a total of fourteen to hit. So if 14 is enough to hit the Needle Blight, then we're going to cause damage. So let's check that first. Needle Blights, armor class. It is enough. So 14 will hit. And the damage is 1d8, 6 damage plus 2, plus Hunter's Mark. So that's 11 damage, plus the 3 from Planar Warrior. So we did a total of 14 damage. That's a lot of maths, but sorry guys, you just need to bear with me while I try and work through all of these commands. Normally at the table it all happens so much quicker. So we did basically all, uh, basically to cut to the chase, we just did 14 damage to it and it was all force damage. So we draw back the arrow, we let go, and as soon as it, t it passes the edge of the, uh, the bow, the uh, head, the shaft, and the fletching of the arrow all seem to, to turn into, into pure magic energy, this force damage which strikes forward and like a magic missile hitting the center of the, the core of this, this creature, it seems to blast it backwards. And how much do they have? That's actually more than they had. So in one single shot, we take this needle blight down like a boss, like a goddamn boss. And it goes flying backwards. And it is no longer alive. So on a subsequent turn, we can choose to uh, we can choose to move. As long as we concentrate on Hunter's Mark, we can choose to move Hunter's Mark to another creature now. So well done, Drummer Girl. That was a, a very successful uh, attack to begin with in, in the first place. First D&D kill ever. Very good. It was a very good, very good turn. Uh, I'm going to roll as a. I'm going to roll as a perception check, just as a free action here, just to see if we notice something. 18. As it strikes through the, the, the sort of heart of this creature and it seems to snap through, it seems to snap through the, the wooden uh, trunk that's holding it together. It's, it strikes through the heart of this, uh, this tree and it falls down into this pile of, of broken wood and, and needles. It also seems to exude a, like a, a cloud of uh, pollen into the air, which starts to waft towards us. That was Apis's whole turn with our movement, our bonus, and our action. Well done, Drummer Girl. It is now on to the Twig Blight's turn. So before we move on, I will uh, I will start another giveaway for the next round. Exclamation mark kill. K-I-L-L. -L. If you want to be in with a chance to, to decide what Apis does on round three, uh, you can type exclamation mark kill in the chat. In the meantime, let's go back to the twig blights. What are you gonna? What are you little geezers gonna do? Uh, at the end of your turn, you're gonna shake to see if you wake up. So the four that are asleep, in order from the leftmost. Hey, not twenty on one of them. Uh, we got two sixes, a twelve, and a twenty. So the two sixes plus your con mod is not going to be enough to overcome it. Uh, but in order. This guy wakes up at the end of his turn, and this guy wakes up at the end of his turn, and these two do not. 
That was the end of the four of them's turn. There's the one that was left alive, though, is going to run his whole movement over to you behind this little tree here and give you a strike, strike. And it's going to see if it can get you. Let's have a look. Hey, 14 plus 3 is enough to hit. That's a 17. That hits your armor class. So it does. It hits you for... Three points of slashing damage. Takes you down to 30, and I'm going to need a const constitution saving throw to see if you re retain your uh, your concentration on Hunter's Mark. Saving cons. Uh, 15, yes. It strikes you. It, you're not... Uh, you're kind of prepared for it this time, so you're concentrating on Hunter's Mark. It cuts you across the knee pretty badly, but you're, you're fine. You can walk it off. Uh, the twig's smart enough to realize the cloud of pollen drifting over over them is from their big brother. Maybe. Um, you, you, you don't see any um, obvious reaction to it yet. Mel. Mel's turn. Back to the top of round three. So Mel is going to use her action to... Um, actually, Mel, I'm going to roll a perception check with advantage for her because it's related to pollen, so she should know a little more about it. Uh, yes, with a 18 plus on her on, on her check there, uh, you hear her say, uh, Apis, uh, I, don't, I don't know what it was that he just released there, but it uh, smells the same as I've been smelling for the last, like, uh, 15 minutes or so as it was following us. Uh, I think he, I think that creature was the, the cause of the smell. Uh, I don't know if it is uh, good for us to breathe in or, or whether it is something else. Uh, but it is definitely why we have, uh, why we have been smelling that. He, it has been releasing these spores. Uh, just to be safe, and then she starts to call out to the, the surrounding forest. She's going to use her ability called Summon Swarm. Which is, she gets to summon a swarm of biting and stinging insects in an unoccupied space within 30 feet of her. The swarm will use the stat block of Mel's Militia, which improves as Mel levels up. It obeys only Mel's commands, no action required. It lasts for one minute or until it reduces to zero hit points or, or dies. So she is going to summon her militia, which is... Bing! That little thing there. She's going to summon it over... I think she's going to summon it over the ones that are attacking you. Like so. Let's zoom in. Companion calls her own companion, yeah. And then Mel's militia, when she gets to a high enough level, they can call their own militia. <laughs> no, that would be ridiculous. Yeah. They go after her in the initiative order, so she is going to stay where she is. She's used her action. That's all that Mel can do, but now it's the militia's turn. They're going to make an attack on the twig blights. As she calls out to the creatures of the forest, all of these bugs and biting insects, these flies and... Uh, crickets and uh, wasps and bees and all kinds of manner of creatures start flying off of the leaves and un from under the branches and coming up, burrowing up from the ground. Uh, some mosquitoes coming up from the water's edge here where the lake is. A whole manner of things come up and they start to swarm around this uh, this twig blight and they start to bite. Ooh, yes, 19. That's going to hit. It's going to do a decent 
chunk of damage. Although, actually, maybe not. Uh, one and a two. <laughs> Plus one. So, four points of piercing damage. Four points of piercing damage to this, cre uh, this creature, but you notice that being that it's made out of twigs, piercing damage doesn't seem to do as much damage as, like, slashing damage might. And so it is resistant to it and uh, takes only half damage. So she, so the bites do still do still cause some damage, but not as much damage as another type of damage might have. So the twig blight does not go down. That is all of the twig blight's turns. Uh, the needle blight is dead, so it's now on to Apis's turn. Miss Bowman, Miss Bowman, can you make a little thing to say that you're in chat still? Just take your time, decide what you're going to do now, but it's now your turn. You have uh, one uh, twig blight in front of you, covered in bees. I'm covered in bees! You got another one that seems to be stirring. Uh, so one in front of you here, another one that seems to be stirring over here, um, waking up. Another one that's woken up over here. Two more that are sleeping over here, and a dead bunny. The bees, not the bees. It is odd, yep. So many bad guys, holy shit. Yeah. This bonus action moves hunters to one of the twigs, but we would probably need to pull our sword for these guys, which would also take a bonus. No, pulling your sword is part of an attack. Oh, no, you're right. Unless, yeah, because you've already got your bow out, so pulling your sword would cost an action. No, it cost a bonus. Don't lick the dead bunny. Good good advice in any circumstances, really. Uh, attack the one in front of you with a longsword. All right, cool. <clears throat> so you have got your bow out to having fired at the uh, the needle, needle blight. So you get the option, Miss Bowman, are we going to drop it for free and draw the sword and attack? Or are we going to swap out the bow carefully by taking a bonus action to do so? Swap it out. All right, so we take our bonus action to swap out our our longbow carefully over the shoulder while we sh draw out the uh, longsword by our side, and then we're sh going to take a an attack with the longsword on the creature in front of us. We didn't have advantage for any reason, so we rolled a two plus two plus two. It's not enough. We get a six total. So yeah, we 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 spent the time putting the the bow away, drawing out the longsword, and we take a strike through the bees, trying not to kill them, but not really caring if we do because she can always summon more. Sh we take a strike at it, um, but it seems to it seems to be dodging out of the way of the bees just at the same time as it's dodging out of the way of us. Um, and we swing and, swing and a miss over this tiny little creature's head. If you want to move anywhere, Miss Bowman, you can. Um, but now that you've taken your action and bonus action, you'll be forced to, uh, to not disengage if you do move. You'll only suffer a strike from a very small creature with uh, tiny little wood claws, so... It might not hit you, and even if it does, it might not hurt that much. If you wanted to get somewhere more advantageous, but it's up to you. Yeah, may as well move over to Mel. Sweet. So we will go over to Mel with our movement. We'll go leave its range here and then run over this direction over to this sleeping one where Mel is. Boom. And as we leave its melee range, it's going to take an attack of opportunity. Uh, that was almost a 15, and it did that usual thing where it goes, 15, 5. Uh, so no, that's going to miss. 
as it takes a, sw a swipe at you as you leave as you turn your back on it it doesn't manage to hit you so that's the end of your turn it is now the twig blight turns so firstly let's see if these two uh, these two currently sleeping ones wake up at the end of their turn <laughs> natural one and a 16 so one at a time they're slowly coming to again so this guy is no longer sleeping but the one next to you currently still is on its turn these guys will stand up with half their movement stand up with half their movement and that guy's already unconscious uh, already just coming around at the end of his turn so he can't move yet uh, with 10 feet left it's going to assess the battlefield and start coming over towards you 10 feet gets you just gets him just to you in with enough movement but 10 feet from this guy the guy who already had to dash once isn't enough to get get him anywhere so he is going to have to he's gonna have to come around here and dash the creatures the the ones that are getting attacked by bees are going to stay and try and swipe at the bees uh but the other ones are going to attack you so that's just one attack on you one attack on the bees the let's say the yellowy one is on you Ooh, 19 plus 3. So 22 to hit you and an 11 to hit the bees. What's the bees? The militia is not enough to hit. So it's, it's the twig blight striking out with its little claws, but being that it's basically made of twigs, it's just passing right past all of the... It's very hard to swat some flies and insects and things when you're made of twigs. But the attack on you will hit. And that's going to be... Ugh. Minimum damage. Two points of slashing damage. Mel is going to... She's used her once per day uh, militia. She's used her once per rest sleep thing. All she's got left is her sting now, right? She can sting people. So she's going to fly down to their level and try and do a little a wee stingy sting. Let's do a wee sting attack, shall we? <laughs> yep, that's going to be a 22 to hit. And yep, that's eight points of piercing damage, which is enough to kill, even without the poison damage. So regardless of the poison damage, it's going to die. So she flies down to this one directly below her and just straight up kills it. Zoop. And she is no longer flying above them, but standing next to them instead. All right. That was Mel's whole turn. Her malicious turn gets to go, and it's going to try and attack the uh, the twig blight that they're surrounding. That's definitely going to hit, and the minimum damage they can do. Oh no, actually they could roll. They could because he's got resistance to the piercing. Um. Oh, thinking about it, actually. Oh no, with the poison that would have killed. Yeah. Uh, resistance to the piercing. So let's roll it anyway. It is five plus anything let's check the piercing mel's militia biting uh so that's six points of piercing halved to three three is exactly what it had left so that guy is dead also dead then that's all of the militia oh the militia can actually now move because it's uh, no longer underneath anything it's going to fly directly across the swarm to this guy and it's going to be in his space at the end of the militia's turn it's the needle blight's turn, and uh, and Mel says, "Apis, uh, I think I can smell some of that pollen getting stronger." 
and you can hear some movement coming from the east. It seems like you uh, it seems like you are starting to get ideas of maybe what was the what the pollen was that it, this thing was releasing for the last uh, 15 20 minutes as it was following you. It seems like it was announcing to the other blights of the forest that it has found prey. And now they have started to actually catch up. A couple more needle blights coming in from the west and some more twig blights coming with as well. That was the needle blights turn. It's now Apis's turn. We're going to go over to Nightbot and we are going to uh, roll it. Exclamation mark. Back up. All one word. How many have we taken out? We've taken out the Needle Blight over here. This one there, you killed that guy. Um, you've also taken out this guy here from the, the Militia took him out. And uh, this one here is... So actually, each of you have taken out one. You took out this one, the Militia took out this one, and Mel took out this one. This one is still asleep. This one is prone and in a swarm of bees. Not in a good position. Uh, and this one is fine. But then here come, here comes the cavalry of sorts with three more twig blights and two more vine, uh, two more needles. Does Apis have eight, full HP? No, Apis is on twenty-eight HP. Any AOE attacks? We don't have any AOE attacks yet. No. Maybe we could learn some as we go, or maybe pick up a magic item that allows for some AOE attacks or something. Mel's got the sleep sleep effect once per rest. All right, I think you've had enough time. Let's decide who's going to go. Vicha. Vicha, can you give us the little yes emote or some other such thing? Some way of telling us that you're still in the chat. You've acknowledged that you're here. Are we still concentrating on Hunter's Mark? Yes, we are. We have succeeded on all of our hunter's mark checks. Did we get the last? No, actually, we got we got one more attack at the end there that we didn't. Um... Oh, Victor is here. Awesome. We we got one more attack at the end from that one guy who did only two points of damage to us, and I didn't actually roll a concentration check on that, which I'll do in the chat here. So let's just double check to see if we are still concentrating on hunter's mark. Saving cons cons is not. Right, yeah, no, that is right. 17, yeah, we're still concentrating on Hunter's Mac. We're fine. <laughs> Flea, but with the bunny. <laughs> we might be able to save him. <laughs> he's just like, he's, he's like four different bunnies at this stage. So, Vicha, it's up to you. Uh, this is your, this is your, uh, oh, you're a few seconds lagged. No worries. You're, um, it's your choice to do whatever you wish to do. You've got your sword out currently. Your longsword, so you can attack. If you were to attack this one that's sleeping, you have you have advantage on the attack because he's prone and sleeping. Um, and if if you hit, it's an automatic crit. So basically, if you choose to attack with your longbow, this one's definitely going to die. Uh, if you choose to attack with your, sorry your longsword, if you choose to attack with your longsword, this one's going to die. If you choose to attack this one, there's still a pretty good chance he's going to die. This one's already dead. This one's already dead. Uh, this one's probably going to die from the um, the bees on their next turn. Uh, and then incoming from this side are some more that you you don't know exactly how many are coming, but you can hear that there's some more coming from the from the east. 
So it's up to you. Uh, Vicha says, are we engaged with anyone? Uh, we are engaged with these two in combat, yes. These two are currently within our melee range, engaging us in combat, and no, we do not have any area of effect spells or anything. We can move it to another target. Yes, while well, you're concentrating on Hunter's Mark, if your original target dies, you can move it for free, as it just costs you a bonus action. Without having to cast it again, you just move the... You just move the um, so you're currently still concentrating on Hunter's Mark on this guy. So if you've got nothing else you want to do with your bonus action, you can always swap your Hunter's Mark from this guy to somebody else who's not dead yet. It would be almost entirely a waste to move it to this guy, I would imagine, because this guy's already asleep and unconscious and probably going to die if you hit him anyway, because you'd already have advantage to hit him and all that. All right, bonus action. Move Hunter's Mark to the one in the middle. Action, attack the uh, with the longsword on the middle. Awesome. So this Hunter's Mark disappears. Let's move him properly flat. He's dead. Uh, this one in the middle that's still uh, awake and alive gets his Hunter's Mark as you, as you sort of reach out with your hand and pull the greenery away from that guy's uh, body. It seems to seep back into the ground and then erupt out from right beneath this one. Bringing some greenery back to the to the uh, otherwise desiccated twigs of this guy's body, and then in the same action we bring down uh, we bring up the hand and then bring down the hand with the the longsword right behind it, trying to chop this guy in two. Uh, attack longsword <laughs> longsword attack rolls. Uh, so without advantage, we had a twelve plus two plus two sixteen total to hit. Sixteen is enough to hit, and the damage is. 10 points plus any hunter's mark way more than it had left so it managed to chop that guy right in half easy peasy that guy is dead and continue stays hunter's marked but he is also dead now so now we've got three dead twig blights one unconscious one one prone one and some more on the way so Vicha, you have used your, your bonus action to shift it, your action to attack, and now you've got your movement left if you want to use your movement. So we did 15 total damage to a creature that uh, only has five. It says four there, but they actually have five hit points because I round up, not round down. So we did overkill, and I'll say that you easily managed to cut through into this one here and killed him while he was sleeping. Easy peasy. So you've, you struck through both of them, cut them both in half, and all of those guys are dead. Well done. Full movement away from danger to safety, whichever direction it may be. Sweet. So we use our full movement to now, now that everybody's dead, we hop over them to this way, and then we run 25 feet over to here. Boom. Cool. That was our movement, our bonus, and our action. That was everything. So the next round of combat shall go to... Let's have a look. Cancel, and we'll go with... Exclamation mark, blood. If you want to be in with a chance to decide what we're going to do on round five. Uh, that was Apis's full turn. It is now the Twig Blight's turn. The one that is still alive over here is going to get to his feet using half his movement. Uh, and then it's going to attack at... Hmm, is it going to attack the militia or is it going to attack Mel? It's going to step towards the edge of the, the bugs there and it's going to strike at Mel. Ooh, that's going to be a 22 to hit as well. No, no crits yet, this fight. Uh, that's three points of slashing damage to Mel. Taking her down to 12. 
12 of 22. So she is not yet bloodied. She's on the verge of being bloodied. That's all that, that twig can do. And then all of these twigs over here are going to have to dash, aren't they, to actually get up into the fight. So let's see how far they're going. That's 20 feet to there. And then with a dash, they're going to get another 20 feet to there. This guy doesn't actually have to go around the... Um, around the twigs because he's basically made of twigs so he can just like push on straight through them without dis without uh whatever 20 feet 20 feet he can push straight and go 40 feet to here there we go so that's three dashes from the three twigs that are remaining that's the twig blight's turn it is mel's turn mel is going to strike back at the one that just hit her She's going to take a sting attack. That's going to hit for sure. He's going to take... How much damage is it again? Mel, sting attack. 1d6 plus 3. But then 2d6 poison as well. Uh, so that's 7 points of piercing halved and rounded up to 4. So he's on 1 hit point left. And then he's going to take at least half the poison damage. So that's uh, a minimum of 1. So he's going to die. So this guy is poisoned to death by Mel's stinger. And then the militia are going to go. They are no longer engaged with anyone, so they're going to fly over here and strike at this guy. Come on, militia, you can do it. Nope, nope, no, you can't. I take it back here, crap. That was a two. Mel does get movement, yes. Where does she want to move? Uh, she's just going to take to the sky, fly up again. Bing. Just flies 30 feet up. Alright, that is Mel's turn. That's the Militia's turn. It's now the Needle Blight's turn. The Needle Blight is going to come out here to where he can see Mel. And he's going to take a ranged attack at her. Oh, no, miss. She's, just as she's flying up, he fires off. And the Needle's underneath her. He didn't, he's not very intelligent, didn't understand how to uh, account for where she's going to be rather than where she is. Uh, this guy's going to use all of his movement to get here, and he's going to see uh, Mel doing the same thing. He's going to needle blight her as well. Needle! Nat 20! There it is! Bam, 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 bam! I knew that eventually somebody would get a crit. This is going to hurt. Needle blight. Needles. Ooh, this is going to be a total of... So that's maxed of those. That's 13. 13 plus 8. That's uh, 21 damage. So that takes her down to effectively negative 9. Negative 9 is not negative 22, so she doesn't die outright. But she does go to zero hit points and start making death saving throws. Um, come on, zero. And then because she was... In the air, when she went to zero hit points, she takes falling damage as she hits the ground. She is no longer flying. She takes falling damage, and any damage you take when you're already at zero hit points counts as one failed death saving throw. So, wham! She hits the ground quite hard and uh, and fails one death save. Why didn't she fly away when she had... She did fly away. She went up, away from the twig blights. <laughs> Twig blacks can't attack her when she's not on the ground. If we don't get to her, they'll tear her apart. Correct. All right. 
that was the Needle Blight's turn. It is now Apis's turn. Sparrow, fly away. <laughs> Sparrow, fly away, who I know is in chat because she just said, Oh shit, no! in capital letters. So, oh shit. <laughs> so Sparrow, you get to decide what is what does Apis do at this point, having seen that there are now two more Needle Blights approaching and one of which managed to crit on, uh, on, on Mel. A couple of these needles managed to strike her in a very critical place, uh, which knocks her out and takes her to the ground. You got this, Sparrow. You can do it. The pressure on keeping uh, keeping our companion Mel alive is all on you. <laughs> I'm joking. You're good. Cure wounds does stabilize. Yes. What do you do, Sparrow? I can't tell who is alive and who's dead. Let me start taking people off. Bink, bink, bink. Actually, I'll I'll remove I'll keep that guy on because he's got Hunter's mark on him still, but he's dead. Let me kill this guy as well. They're just piles of. I like to try and keep them there if I can with for, with it with it not getting too confusing, because um, then then it starts to get like difficult terrain in that area. It's not a video game where bad guys just disappear after they die. The corpse is still there. <laughs> but I do I do acknowledge that that was getting a little bit confusing with all of everybody. This guy's dead with the skull and crossbones, but I kept him there just because he's got the the hunter's mark. Uh, and this bunny's dead as well, but but I kept kept them there because you wanted. You wanted a, a dead rabbit for some reason. Sparrow, okay, trying to think past my panic. Um, Let's move up next to Mel to the east and pull our sword again for the bonus and then ready if anything goes for Mel. You, like, using your action to take the ready action? Because you have two spells left and you have cure wounds. Just FYI. Okay. So Apis uh, uses their movement to step up next to the uh, their friend here, and then they uh, let's see bonus action. What did you have out? You, you don't need a bonus action to draw your um. You, you you don't need a bonus action to draw your sword. You've already got your sword out. That was the last weapon you were using, uh, and and if you if you, like if you want to cast cure wounds as an action it. It brings her back to life and heals her. Like she brings it brings her up to uh, conscious. She'll still be prone on the ground, but she'll be conscious. Yes, you can change your mind and cure her. I I don't want you regretting having killed Mel later. So you uh, you can you can choose to uh, oops, find the berries. For anyone who's new here, um, that may have seemed like I was pushing Sparrow towards doing a particular thing that I wanted her to do rather than what she wanted to do. But I know Sparrow well enough to know that she would have uh, been absolutely inconsolably distraught if she hadn't have realized in the moment she could actually cure her directly rather than letting her die. Pop. There we go. So casting cure wounds, you you uh, you've you've got your long sword out. You run over. You you uh, reach down and grab um, you grab your bee companion, and you feel this uh, this same sense, this now now somewhat familiar uh, sense of this incredibly powerful divine presence somewhere behind you. This sense of this huge 
godlike creature that is looking down over you whenever you cast this spell and uh, and lending her her uh, divine curing magics she is the goddess of healing flonan trail and she and her her essence flows through you when you cast this spell you reach down and you and you and, and through your hand the warmth of your hand it seeps into uh into mel's body and cures her for there you go 1d 1d8 plus 2 we got uh 10 so we got maximum maximum healing on her as well awesome she gets 10 hit points back she's still wounded because that's still less than half of her hit points but she's uh but she's now conscious and no longer dying her her one failed death save is wiped clean the slate gets wiped clean whenever you uh wake up um and so you're back. She's back to being fine. She's wounded, but still in the fight. That was your action, Sparrow. Your movement. Uh, you've used half your movement and your action. You've still got a bonus action. Um, you can, for instance, you could do your. You could move the, the um, hunter's mark as a bonus. Uh, you could cast Zephyr Strike as a bonus. Oh, you can't cast Zephyr Strike because you've already cast a spell this round. But is there anything else you wanted to do with the rest of your movement or your bonus, Sparrow? Thank the gods for that. Yeah, don't worry about it. We, she's 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 still around. You gotta. Takes more than that to get down your friends. But you might have to start doing dealing with those needle blights at some point. GG Nightbot, looking out for us with that random number generator. What do you want to do with the bonus action, Sparrow? Anything? You want to move the hunter's mark? Do you want to cast? Uh, I don't think you can cast any of your spells because if you already cast uh, Kyo Goons, um, you want to swap out your weapon from your uh, your longsword to your longbow. Um, you've still got some movement, and you're not engaged with anyone, so you can move away. Action to pick up Mel and leg it, right? Um, I would say that given her size and the fact she's only just coming Compass Mentis, like, yeah, it would be an action to pick her up because um, she can't really help you at the moment. Uh, so I would say, yeah, and you've used enough of your movement that you'd, if you start to pick up somebody else and move at half speed, you're not going to make it more than five feet away anyway. So I'll say that with your bonus and your the rest of your movement, you can drag Mel over like this way. There you go. All right. Um, then it is <clears throat> giveaway time. So who? What should we do now? Um, exclamation mark! Safe. S A F E. Exclamation mark! Safe. If you want to be in with a chance to decide what's going to happen on round six of combat. Then it is the Twig Blight's turn. This Twig Blight is still dead. This guy is going to move over Sensing Blood. Does it go for her? Does it go for you? It is. Cl uh, she's closer. Yeah, she's go closer, so he's going to go for her. Um, this Twig Blight is it's going to attack the, the bees. This Twig Blight's going to run... Uh, all of its movement, not impeded by other twigs, like you would be. 20 feet, it's not going to be able to get all the way to you, so it's going to go come over here and engage with both of you here. 
but that's going to take its dash to get to you. So one attack on Mel. It's got advantage because she's prone. And one attack on the bees. The green one is on Mel. Ooh, that's crap, but it's got advantage. Oh, and the bees was a nat 20. So with advantage, does it hit her? It does. So both of them hit. The bees get a nat 20. Mel takes... Ooh, max damage, five points. Still, She's still alive, though. And then the bees take uh, five plus another one of these. Five plus one, six points of damage. Six points of damage. Uh, the twigs are doing piercing damage with their claws, with their tiny little needly <laughs> claws. And I believe your militia are resistant to that. Let's go 13 out of 16. All right, that is, I believe, all that the twigs can do. This one was dead. This one ran up and attacked. This one ran and dashed. And this one didn't go anywhere, but it attacked. Cool. That is the twigs. Oh, it's Spidey here. How's it going, Spidey? Then it is Mel and the militia's turn. So Mel is going to get to her feet with half of her movement. And she's going to try and stab the one that just stabbed her. She brings the, need the, the needle-like tail underneath herself and tries to stick it in this one. Uh, that's going to probably miss with a six. Seems six plus her stinger. Uh, plus five, so that's 11. What's oh, it might hit, actually. 11. Nah, not enough. These guys are too small and nimble to to uh to for that to hit so she stings she stings at it but it seems to pass through bits through like ribs rib like uh wooden protrusions from it that seem to have formed its rib cage and she stabs in through it and it misses all the wood and doesn't actually cause any damage to it she's got her movement but if she moves out of range they get attacks of opportunity on her so she's not going to move she's going to stay where she is that's all she can do uh, the militia is going to attack this one that it's so it's currently swarming, and that's going to be a fifteen plus stuff that'll hit. And the militia does, I think, two d four. I really need to get, I need to get good at knowing all of these abilities, so I don't need to keep swapping. Two d four plus one, yeah. Ooh, not bad. Five plus one, six. Six points halved to three, so that's not enough to uh, to kill it. That is the Militia's turn. It is now onto the Needle Blight's turn. Yeah, then it's the Needle Blight's. The Needle Blight's are going to see that you are... They're stupid. Do they just want a meal? No, they want to take people down. They don't want a meal. So they're going to go for you. Uh, one of them steps up over here and throws some uh, needles at you. This one's going to step over to here where it can hit you and throw needles at you. Bloody hell, get good. GG, dead rabbit. Here we go. Uh, ooh, these are both going to hit you. Uh, that's going to be a 21 and a 16 to hit. So this is going to hurt quite a bit, I'd imagine. Let's have a look. Needle blights. It is... The first one hits you for 7 points of piercing damage. And the next one hits you, ooh, geez, that's a lot, that's 11 plus 1, 12 points. So what did I say, 7 and 12, that's 19 points of damage to Apis. 19 from 28 is seven, is 
we are wounded. As two large strikes hit us, um, with peppered with um, with with needles from these these blights that seem to be um, intent on taking us down. <laughs> we can take a displacer, but a few twigs, we did. All right, that is the needle blight's turn. That's as far as they're going to walk. So it is now Apis's turn. It's over to Apis. Apis, what do you do now? Let's go to Nightbot and roll it and see what we get. Anything but safe. Katrina, you're up. Uh, what do you think you should do in this circumstance now? Apis flicks a torch out, lights it, and waves it before them to see if the blights will retreat in the face of fire. <clears throat> so it is an action to light a torch, FYI. So it's not just a free quick, like, oh, let's just do this as a free action. That's not a thing. Like, you to, talk, to light, to get a torch out, you have to get your uh, flint and steel out and, like, take your action to actually light the thing. So you can do that if you want, but it will take your action to, to light your torch. You can't then attack with it or anything like that. Knowing that, uh, are you still wanting to do that? If you are, that's fine. I just wanted to make sure that you were properly informed before I use up your action. I'm keen but open to being persuaded otherwise. No, it's your choice, Katrina. You're the, you're, you're the one who um, you're the one who has to make the decision right now. Fire time. Awesome. <laughs> right, that's it. <laughs> I'm going to say... Have we got two hands? We've got two hands. I suppose we can... Yeah, we can grab out the torch with the other... Oh, no, because we're going to need to light it with the other hand. So drop the, drop the sword as a free action, Katarina, or stow it as a bonus action. Um, so you you're gonna get your you're gonna get your uh, torch out for free. You've got a torch in one hand and a sword in the other. But do you want to drop your sword to get out your tinderbox and light the thing, or do you want to stow it with a bonus action? Katrina, I'm anticipating having to run, so I think Apis would likely stow it. Have it for anyone who gives chase. All right, cool. So a bonus action: stow the sword away, uh, get the torch out, stuff it under the arm while you quickly light it. It suddenly takes up. Uh, so suddenly takes up um, the the tar that is wrapped around the edge of this this torch, and suddenly you've got a flaming club in one hand. That was your action, so you wave it in front of you, free action to just kind of like wave it around, um, and you do notice a very visceral response from the two twig blights here and here uh, that kind of let out this that sounds kind of like scratching of of uh, wood against wood, but. In, that makes almost vocal cords, uh, vocal quality. They shriek back in, in fear of the, uh, the, the, the light. Um, I'm actually going to... Mm, nah, I'm not. So they seem to be, seem to be responding to the fire. Uh, the needle blight's not so much. Maybe it's because of the distance between you and them, or maybe it's because they're not afraid of fire. Uh, but the twigs, which are made of kindling, very much, uh, very much afraid of fire. Uh, I will, yeah, I'll say, I'll say we can make an intimidation check with advantage, eh? And let's see. In fact, you don't need to. It's a, it's basically a, an automatic intimidation. You, you've already succeeded on the intimidation of the twig blights. I'll allow the intimidation check to see how the needle blights respond to it, because there's still a chance that they're not intimidated by it, whereas there's no chance of failing the intimidation against the twig blights. Um, intim, inti, skill, inti. Let's see how we do with that intimidation. 16, not too bad. 
So it seems like perhaps we are intimidating the uh, the the needle whites, but we'll have to wait to, for their turn to see. So that's our bonus and our action. Do you want to do anything with your uh, with your movement, Katarina? Since the twigs are intimidated with the opportunity, if we back away, um, potentially. But I'll, I'm, I've basically given them the frightened condition, so they would have uh, so they would have the um, uh, they would have the attack at disadvantage if they attacked. Seeing the effect it has on the twigs, Apis begins to back away, calling to Mel to follow. All right, so Apis holds it in front of them. Mel, come on, let's get out of here. And you back away. Uh, I'm going to roll first to see if this guy feels frightened enough to uh, to not even attack at all, or whether he feels like he can dart in and like scratch you across the shins before you go. Uh, so he does feel brave enough to attack. He's going to try and take the uh, opportunity attack. But because I've made given basically given him the frightened condition, he's going to roll with disadvantage. So for anyone who doesn't know, that means I'm rolling two d20s, and I'm going to take the lower of the two numbers. Uh, so that's either a 13, which would take it to a 16, so I, that would beat our armor class and succeed, or it's an 8, which would take it to an 11, which doesn't beat our armor class. And so with fright, he kind of like hesitates for just too long and strikes out, but uh, darts back and doesn't get the attack on you. Uh, so Apis moves back. You can move up to 25 feet. Are we just running as far as we can? 25 feet away? Which would take us all the way to there. Um, and then we've yelled to... Uh, we've yelled to... Mel to, to follow us as well. I've just learned that I need dice rolling ASMR in my life. And it's different sounds whether you're rolling metal dice, plastic dice, all kinds, lots of different dice. All right. <clears throat> that was all of Apis's turn. It is now the Twig Blight's turn. Uh, the Twig Blights, who possibly would have run away from you if you'd have kept the fire there, instead turn to Mel, now that there's no threat of fire, and they're going to both attack Mel. So, um, they do have the frightened condition, and you are within... Uh, are they frightened? You're no longer within 25 feet of them. Nah, they're no longer frightened, because you've taken the source of their fear away from them. So, they're not going to be in disadvantage, uh, but they just might miss, hopefully. Let's find out. What is her armor class? Let's have a look. Mel. Mel is armor class 13, so they need to hit a 10 or more to to hit her. The one on the left gets a 6. 6 plus 3, 9. That's a miss. The one on the right gets a... Fall off the table. Gets a... Ooh, it went 17 and then ticked over to 10. 10 plus 3 is a hit, just. So it just manages to hit her. And it does a d4 plus 1 damage. That is minimum damage. That is two points of slashing dam uh, yeah, piercing damage to Mel. So this one manages to strike Mel with its tiny little needle claws. Uh, we can't horseshoe things related to Mel. We can horseshoe things related to ourselves only. Mel is her own character. Um, that was those two twig blights. Was there any other twig blights alive? This one here is going to try and attack the bees. Two? Nope. Uh, 
seems to get a bunch of bees in what would be eyes if it had them and it can't go anywhere because otherwise it'll get killed so then it is mel's turn mel is going to i believe probably disengage uh what's the situation here if she gets an attack of opportunity they're gonna kill her most likely she could only survive an attack if either they miss or they hit and cause minimum damage they're hitting on 55% chance, and then there's a 25% chance, so 25% times 55%. It's not good, not good odds. Um, she could try and take one of them out, but nah, she's going to have to disengage. All right, she is going to disengage as her uh, action, and then she's going to... Oh, but wait, 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 because these guys have got range. So even if she disengages, the needles could come after her. I suppose she could, yeah, she could use her movement to get out of range, like behind a tree or something. That's what she's going to do. Uh, so she's going to disengage as her action. She's got 50, 50 feet of movement. So she's going to run, uh, she's going to fly over to us and she's going to fly like within range of us in case we wanted to use our last cure wounds on either her or us. Uh, but she's going to hide in this tree here. Um, she's going to she's going to block line of sight between the ranged ones and her by being over here. That's Mel's turn. It is now the militia's turn. The militia is going to continue to eat the one that it's surrounding. Uh, that's going to hit just uh, and minimum damage. It can kill it. I suppose actually, technically, it could have rolled even worse and got no. It's fine. So that, that one dies and goes down dead. And then with its turn, it's going to move over to the militia. It's just going to go for the one that's closest because it's not very smart. So it can't really do tactical decisions. That's militia. And then needle blights turn. The needle blights are going to give chase. So how far can they move again? I think it's 30. Let's check. 30. Yep. So they are going to move uh, 30 feet towards you, which is getting us to there and 30 feet round this way um doesn't need to particular oh no it says medium creature so it'll have to go around getting to there so the needle lights give chase they don't manage to keep to uh, to to catch up to you entirely but they're both going to take ranged attacks at apis because they can't see mill might be a time to use uh a horseshoe potentially coming up. <laughs> Set the forest on fire. <laughs> That's Fancy's response to most things. All right. Here comes the first attack from the one on the left, the one on the bottom. Uh, that is a miss with a nine total. And the second attack from the one on the right is... An eight, plus one, uh, eight plus three is 11 total. So we missed with both of those guys. That's what happens when you've only got a plus three modifier. They, the, the needles come flying our direction. A couple of them like stick into our uh, leather armor, but don't go f uh, through any soft parts. Don't stick into our armpits or eyes or face or anything. We, uh, we get one that nicks across the back of our neck. It uh, does a little bit of a scratch, but not enough to cause a point of damage. That is all the needles can do. It is now Apis's turn. Exclamation mark needle. N-E-D-L-E. -E. 
Ooh, maybe we're not concentrating on Hunter's Mark anymore. Let's have a look. Uh, Hunter's Mark. Hunter's Mark. Uh, let's go concentration. I can't remember how much damage we've taken since then, but it's been a fair amount from those needles. And we did. We got hit by two different needle attacks. So the turtle. That after the first attack, it was enough to con to uh, maintain concentration. After the second attack, it was still enough. So we are, surprisingly, even though we're wounded and we've been peppered by a little bit of damage multiple times now, uh, we are still concentrating on, on Hunter's Mark. So this dead blight down here, if I can find it there, this dead blight here has got a little green tag that says that we're still concentrating on Hunter's Mark. If we wanted to, we could move it as a bonus action over to any of these living guys. There's four remaining bad guys still living. Spirit Goblin! Welcome to the chat, Spirit Goblin. Can you make an announcement of some kind just to let me know that you're still here in the chat? Oh dear, we're so dead now. <laughs> now, nah, man, you got this. You got this. You can get us out of this whole predicament. So just so that you are entirely... You've got all of the information. I'm not pushing you one way or another. I'm just telling you the things that you can do, uh, some of the options. If you look below me, you can see what it takes to do a longbow attack or a long sword attack, and below that you can see uh, Planar Warrior, which is one of the things we can do as a bonus action. We can add a d8 to our next attack roll. We can focus on one, one target and th fire it. And if we hit, we do the regular longbow damage of d8 plus a d8 force damage. And it overcomes all resistances as well because it turns it into force damage. So uh, we could do that. We did that once with Hunter's Mark and Planar Warrior and took down a um, took down a Needle Blight from healthy to zero in a single shot. We did have Hunter's Mark on at the same time. Uh, in order to make a longbow attack, we would have to do something with our torch. We are currently holding a boning, burning torch and we can't obviously make a bow attack with two hands and a burning torch. So you could do that, you could do that. Uh, you could cast Cure Wounds on yourself to try and keep yourself alive. You could cast Cure Wounds on Mel to keep her alive. Uh, you could cast Zephyr Strike to give yourself the extra Zephyr, Zephyr Strike bonus damage. Um, you could bonus action move your Hunter's Mark to somebody before you attack. To throw your torch at someone or run up to them and hit them with a torch like a like a club. So here's how rolling a new character works. <laughs> Wave goodbye to your campaign, Rob, and chat. Can we make like flaming arrows? Um not in a not in a single round, no. I would say that you can like as an action now like if you if you had a situation you know, I wouldn't recommend it now but like if you had a situation where you could take the time to as an action stuff the uh, torch upright into the ground like dig it right in and then you can like dip your arrows in something like oil and then so you can then go from arrow uh, oil to torch to fire then you could make fire arrows but your arrows wouldn't burn it's not like there's anything flammable on your arrows already, so you wouldn't be able to make flaming arrows. Light a longbow arrow, nah, it's not going to work in a single action, I'm afraid. Planting the torch in the ground might deter them from coming this way if the pass is narrow enough. It might. Use the torch as the arrow. <laughs> Put a torch in your bow and 
fire it. Well, at least we'll get an opportunity to see what it looks like to roll a new character. <laughs> we did that for Apis, but yeah. If you can't do flaming arrows, then maybe throw the torch. Yeet the torch! I'm thinking shoot and run. Drop the torch, shoot with planar warrior, and then run. And don't forget that we've still got inspiration and lucky horseshoe. So if we make an attack and miss, we can inspiration roll it again. All right, so Spirit Goblin thinks uh, Apis is of the mind of like, shit, man, these, I'm, I'm feeling wounded and this, these things are coming after me incessantly. I need to back, back them away. So you drop the torch where you are. I'll, uh, I'll draw it on the... Here, you get, you get the added bonus, Spirit Goblin, of seeing my amazing drawings. I get to draw freehand a little a little wooden club here. There you go, a little wooden club that you drop on the ground. And it's on fire look. And Spidey's in the chat and he's gonna tell you all how amazing my artwork is. Boom, a little flaming torch. Boom, magic. That's worth like 200 bits. Um, <laughs> yay for more art. Oh, you were ever so kind comment. to spare me those coins. <laughs> you actually gave me 200 bits, thank you very much. <laughs> um, Spirit Goblin, there it was, shoot and run. So drop the torch, shoot with planar warrior and then run, sweet. So drop, dropping the torch is a free action. Hope, hopefully it deters them when they, when they come through this like pinch point. And then as your bonus action, you planar warrior. You focus in on, and which one would you like to hit? Uh, would you like to hear, go for this one here or this one here? Or one of these two twig blights? Probably not. Which would you prefer to, to go for? The slightly closer one or the other one? Makes no real difference to me. So Apis drops the torch, uh, focuses in the planar warrior ability. It's only like the third time I think you've used it. It's like the fifth time that you tried it, but the first two didn't really work. The southern one, because the eastern's further away. All right, cool. So you focus in on this guy down here. You, uh, you, you bring your mind into the into the sense of like that prickly nature that comes from your adrenaline that's running through your body, but also this kind of goosebumpy feeling of the the force energy around you. You use the force, TM, uh, to to, to uh, focus in on this guy as you uh, as you draw your longbow out. <laughs> and loose your arrow. It turns into magical force damage as it flies, and let's see if it hits with an attack longbow. Longbow attack. That's a 21 to hit. That is going to hit, even without needing inspiration or horseshoe. Um, 21 to hit and damage of 7 plus... Roll a d8 extra, 1d8. Uh, 7 and 1, of course. Yay. Uh, that's 8 points of damage to this guy. With horseshoe. Horseshoe is meant for d20s, but I will... I'll allow it. I'll allow it. I think it's I think it's it's mainly more... It's more to do with um, encompassing your moment of... Happen, happening to be lucky in a moment, so I don't really matter if you use your horseshoe now. So in the chat here, do we want to use horseshoe on that damage roll of the um, of the attack? Uh, I would roll. Let me just double check. 
I, I would roll all of the damage again. So I would roll the uh, I would roll the d8 plus two, and then another d8. I'd, I'd roll two d8 plus two, and we'd hope for more than eight. What do you guys think? Yes. Put a yes upright, uh, a, a gauntlet saying yes if you do want to use your horseshoe to reroll the damage and hope to kill this guy in one shot. Or a down no if you don't want to use the horseshoe for this. And we'll sort of take a visual poll of the chat as Apis's mind is, well, it's not really down to Apis's mind in, in, in the lore of the what's actually happening in the game. It's down to, uh, what's her name? Glad Gladys Felix. Can't remember exactly her name now, but there's a goddess, goddess of luck, and it's down to her whether she, whether or not she's going to give you the luck in this moment. So there are some no's. Probably going to die soon. Need it for that. All right, I'm going to have to do an actual poll because it's not a uh, it's not an obvious unanimous decision. So I'll have to put it to an actual poll. So uh, all right, with seventy percent of the vote, we decide yes, we're going to reroll the damage. So I'm going to roll 2d8 plus 2, because that's the damage of the attack. It's a d8 from the longbow, it's a d8 from the planar warrior, and it's plus 2. The average of 2d8 plus 2 is 11. So we only need to roll the, the average or be better than the average to kill him. There's like a 50-50 chance that we are going to kill him. It's only because we, we uh, rolled lower than average before that we got into this predicament in the first place. All right, so I will, I'll roll it on the chat so you know I ain't cheating. Roll 2d8 plus 2. Here goes. Fingers crossed. Everybody be nice tonight, bot. Uh, rolled 2d8 plus 2. Rolled, I got two eights. I literally got maximum damage. <laughs> Nightbot, Nightbot for the win, for the win, for the win. All right, so Nightbot, uh, we did, what, 18 damage then. So we got 18 damage, which means there's seven crossover damage. And look at this. Can you see it on your screen? Yes, you can. From us to this guy to this guy, all in a row. So I will say that with the crossover, the, 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 um, the carryover damage, we strike right through the heart of this guy as it, as the arrow leaves our bow and it, it turns itself into this magical force energy, almost looking like a dart from magic missile. It strikes through the heart of this one in a similar way to it did to the, the previous needle blight. It blasts out the back of it. And then as this guy, as this little twig blight's running up to take some strikes at us, wham, it smacks into him as well. And both of them just explode in... In, in, in force energy. <laughs> Good job, Nightbot. We we were we did right to uh, re-roll it. Of course, uh, doing so means that our uh, where is it? Our lucky horseshoe has been used for the day. That overkill. Ya yeah, boy, ya yeah, boy. All right. Thank you very much uh, for that. That was awesome. That was a good use of your turn, Spirit Goblin. You did your free action, drop your torch, bonus action, planar warrior, action to make the attack, and now you've got your now you've got your movement as well. So if I zoom out here and take us across here, 
Then with your act with your movement, I presume you were going to move, but now given the circumstances have changed, you might you might decide to do something else. So spirit goblin, uh, you still want to run away, or do you now want to run at him and try and intimidate him with the sudden change of how you've just annihilated all of his friends? It's up to you. I think still stay out of melee range so we move. Hopefully it focuses on on us and not Mel. Yeah, Mel Mel didn't hide per se, like she didn't take the hide action because she didn't have an action available, but she did m deliberately get out of their uh, out of their range. They know where Mel is, but she's just not in firing range right now. But as soon as they move, she will be. Um thankfully she gets to go before the needle blights do. So you uh you can you you after you take this shot, you run your 25 feet to get uh, out of range. You get all the way to there. And that's the end of Apis's turn. So I'm going to put in the exclamation mark bow in the chat if you want to be in with a chance to decide what Apis is going to do on their next round of combat when it comes back round to you. Exclamation mark B-O-W. I think the fight is between Mel and the Needle. Uh, would that obscure its view of her? It's a, it's a single torch light. It's like this much fire and it's on the ground. So, no, it's not obscuring any fire yet. It's not obscuring any view. That was Apis's turn. It's now the Twig Blight's turn. The Twig Blight, the only Twig Blight that is still alive, is going to take attack, an attack at these these, these goddamn uh, <laughs> Mel's Militia. These biting, stinging insects that are on, on top of it. That is a five. <laughs> They're just going to stand here just like, just slap fighting each other and not getting anywhere. Uh, and then it is up to Mel's, Mel and the Militia's turn. She is going to... She's too too wounded to attack that thing. Um, hmm. I wonder how far she can move. Because she could actually run o uh, fly over, kill this thing, and then fly up to, like, bury herself in this tree where that guy can't hit her with his needles. Yeah, that's what she's going to do. She's She's smart... And she wants to. She knows she's got the backing of her uh, her companions, so she flies all the way across here to get to there with thirty feet of movement. She's going to attack with her needle sting. Yes, that's definitely going to hit. Uh, so can she do minimum damage? Can she? Can she possibly not kill them? Let's see. Sting attack one d six plus three. So she, yeah, she's doing nine piercing damage halved because they're resistant to piercing, rounded up to five, so and then plus a bunch of poison damage. So that one definitely dies. And then with her remaining twenty feet of movement, she's gonna just like tuck herself into this tree, like she's gonna fly around in the branches twenty feet until she's all uh, tucked in, hard to hit, and she's got at least three quarters cover from that guy with his ranged needles now. That is Mel's turn. It is the militia's turn. She commands them to move. Uh, I believe they can only... Let's see, how far can the militia go? I think they can only move 20 feet. Uh, fly 30 feet. Oh, cool. All right, so they should be able to get to them, hopefully. Oh, no. Yeah, they fly around the tree. They get up all in his grill. Oh, no. Oh, no. Thank you for these. Can't see that. Oops, oops, oops. My bad. Sorry. I can see that. Why can't you see that? So what she did was she flew over here. She killed the thing that was standing here. And then she went like this and she went back and forth and like hid herself in this tree. And then the militia, which were here, went around the tree and all the way to get in the grill of this uh, 
this needle blight. They managed to get all the way to him on their movement, so they can actually make an attack as well. The needle blights get a ugh, probably a miss. Let's see. Needle blights, that's gonna be a oh no, not needle blights, militia. It's gonna be a plus three, that's a twelve to hit. Twelve is what they've got. Twelve just hits. They just managed to bite at this needle blight. And unlike the uh, the twigs, they're not resistant to the piercing damage, so they're going to take a little bit more damage. I'm going to take out all the twigs now. I can close all of them. The, all the twigs are dead. The militia get to hit and do... Ooh, almost max damage. Uh, 4 plus 3, 7 plus 1 is 8. 8 points of piercing damage to this guy. That is the needle's... That's the, the militia, rather. Then it is the Needle Blight's turn. Ooh, his situation's just changed. Because if he now goes after you like he wanted to, he's going to get an attack from this militia, which might kill him. Zoom out, you totes profesh streamer. <laughs> totes profesh streamer, me. I know all of the things to do as a good streamer does. I'm just sitting here playing D and D by myself. You're you're just you're just enter you're just humoring me. <laughs> um, um, he's gonna have to try and kill the. Hmm. Does he go for Mel? Let's see. He's stupid. Let me look at his stats. Needle. Negative three to his intelligence modifier and a negative one to his wisdom modifier. So they're stupid as a plank of wood. So what does that mean for his current situation? He's being a bit, uh, he doesn't think about tactically going for Mel because she's hurt. He doesn't think about chasing you. Or maybe he does think about chasing you and doesn't worry about the attack of opportunity. All right, I'm gonna roll for that. Um. If it's an even number, he's going to go for you regardless of the attack of opportunity. And if it's an odd number, he's going to stay and attack the bees. Uh, it is an odd number, 19. So he is going to stay and attack the bees. He's going to roll an attack with his needle scratchings. Here we go. 19 again. 19 plus stuff. That'll hit. So he hits the, hits the bees for how much damage? Uh, not a great amount of damage, actually. Ugh. Uh, four plus one, that's five points of piercing, halved because they're resistant to piercing, rounded up to three. And those guys are down to just 10 hit points. So the militia is actually holding out really well. They haven't taken much damage yet. They're not even wounded. All right, dumb as a bag of rocks. All right, so Apis is up. We are, we've got all the way around to Apis's turn with no extra... Uh, issues for us, so let's roll it, see who comes up on top. It is going to be Mythical Turian. Mythical, can you make a little something in the chat to acknowledge that you're still here? Maybe put the little yes emote. There you are, awesome. Uh, Mythical, what do you want to do now? You've got your action, your bonus action, and your movement. Apis is over here, ran away, told Bell to follow. Mel instead went down here and killed the last twig blight and then hid in the trees. Uh, the militia is taking out this guy who is now wounded. I should little put a little tag on him to say he's wounded. Bing! Like that. 
what is it you want to do? He's he's the only last guy. Uh, he's the only guy left alive, to your knowledge. You don't see any other plants moving towards you or anything, and you've still got an inspiration if you need to, if you need to use it. I suppose we could move and finish him with our bow. You could if you want. Yep. You've got a hunter's mark. You could move over, or you could plane a warrior. Sparrow says, "How close can we get in line of sight while still being next to the tree between us and him?" Uh, so line of sight. Let's have a little look, shall we? So line of sight from him is blocked by this tree here. If he's any, if if you're anywhere less, if you're anywhere up here, effectively. So if you went into this re region here, he would have three quarters cover from behind this tree here. If you went down here, he would have like half cover, and if you went all the way here, he'd have no cover at all. Planer does do more than hunters, yes. I would suggest kill him, then we can long rest and heal up, and I reckon we need to pick up that torch or fire burn. Let's use that planer warrior and just boom. Alright, awesome. So Apis decides... Ah, uh, oh crap, Mel didn't come, so he turns. Uh, they turn around to uh, to run after Mel and be like, Hey, where'd you go? Come on, Mel, let's move. And you turn out you don't see them, but you do see this guy being swarmed by insects, and you're like, Oh, actually, maybe we can take this guy out. And so quickly you draw another uh, arrow, you take aim, you think real hard about the prickly feeling of the force around you, take your breath, and... Make an attack. Let's have a look. That is a 22 to hit. Thank you, Nightbot, for being so cool today. Been really useful. Uh, damage of 4, plus the Planar Warrior, which I haven't even rolled yet, but that's going to be more than enough to kill it. <laughs> Again, the force, ar force Arrow sticks through its chest, exploding it outwards in a shower of pine needles that fly everywhere. Let it burn, let it burn. We don't need these trees anymore. All right, well done to all of you for keeping Apis alive. That, that that started to turn towards the end there. I thought it would be a difficult fight, but I didn't realize it would be that difficult. Like, you, it's really started to go against you towards the end. Um, Needle Blights, all gone. Militia, a few more rounds. Uh, the Militia disappears into the, into the, back into where they came from. Uh, because they only stick around a minute. And then Mel comes down. Uh, we pick up the torch to, to prevent the forest burning. Or we put the torch out or whatever. And we found ourselves over here with, uh, <laughs> with a bunch of dead twigs and a dead bunny rabbit. <laughs> How did we manage to turn this around? I don't understand. It was a bloody miracle. It was just lucky rolls. Lucky rolls and good choice of when to, when to re-roll damage and... It was lucky that it was um, double. Da it was like maxed damaged from the night bot, and now we can roast some uh, roast some rabbit for lunch. Yeah, we've got one last spell slot uh, for cure wounds, so we can either take a short rest and just roll some hit dice to recover some hit points, or we can use a cure wounds. But then we've got no spells for the rest of the day. And if you remember, we are about two p.m. ish or thereabouts, so we've still got a decent chunk of the day left. And we're still in a forest. And that was a random encounter that we rolled for. Oh no. Oh no. Spellman, a healing salve. So we've got healing salve. That doesn't heal hit points. The healing salve, um, let me take you off of the battle map and over, back over to the main map. These are our, this is our inventory. 
for when we're on not on the battle situation. You can see that roughly down in the middle there is a salve. Salve is is helpful for lingering injuries and recovering those. So if you take a if you take any uh, if you fail any death saves, oh, she failed a death save. Oh, but it wasn't. Yeah, I'm gonna roll. I'm gonna roll to see if uh, Mel has any lingering injuries because she failed one death save. Uh, oh, she does as well, and it's a bad one. Um, all right, let me take you across to the. Where would I have this? Uh, no, I'll just. I won't take you across to it. I'll just open it up myself because otherwise it'll take too long to have it somewhere that you can write. All right, so lingering injuries for Mel because she failed a death save during that fight. How it works in my game is if you fail a death save, uh, usually you've rolled for it. So that's what I was basically rolling a death save for her to see what number she rolls. If she'd have got a six or if she'd have got a seven or more, she would have been fine. But she got a two. So a two means that she gets a a, um, a serious injury. You can, it can be minor, serious, or severe. So it wasn't a severe injury because it wasn't a natural one, thankfully. But it is going to be a serious injury. Uh, so now I roll a d8 to, to determine the location of her injury. And with a 6, it's a gut injury. It's an internal abrasion injury. It's an internal bleeding, which is good. Uh, no, it's not. But I mean, it's, it makes thematic sense as to the fact that she just fell 30 feet and bam, slammed on the ground. So she's got internal bleeding. So gut injury... If it was minor, it would have been internal abrasions. If it was serious, it would have been internal bleeding. And if it was severe, it would have been internal ruptures. Um, she got internal bleeding. And what that means for her is she has disadvantage on constitution checks and saving throws, except for concentration saves, because that's your mind, not your gut. Disadvantage on all constitution checks and saves. And at the start of each of her turns in combat, she must make a DC5 constitution saving throw or her turn is lost. So there's a chance that she does nothing on her turn because she's just like in too much pain with her gut. In order to fix that, treatment of injury. If you guys want access to these rules, by the way, the lingering injury rules, it's one of the things, one of the rewards that you get for being one of my Patre Patreons over on Patreon. Uh, if you support me at a particular level or higher, you get access to my uh, lingering injuries and my massive damage and a bunch of other my like home rules that I use. While some injuries can be merely a mild nuisance and can be lived with for a rather long time, others will need to be seen and treated to as soon as possible. The table below shows what is required in order to remove the effects of a lingering injury. Days of rest. Many ailments can be cured by resting for a period of time, that is, attempting no adventuring, combating, or exploring. The number of days of successful rest required is specified in the table below. In order to successfully rest, you must take part in nothing more strenuous than simple interactions, sleeping, reading, eating, etc. for a full day, while also receiving sufficient nourishment and shelter. So as long as you're eating uh, enough food, enough drinking enough water, and you've got shelter from the elements, then you uh, and, and you do nothing else, then that counts as a, a, a day of rest. If you do, if you get a day of rest, then at the end of the next long rest, you can make a medicine check against the DC listed. And a successful medicine check counts one you're, you're one one day closer to, uh, to to getting better. It counts towards the specified number of days needed to remove the effects of a lingering injury. If another character is a, another able character also spends a full day of doing nothing more strenuous than tending to your needs, 
then at the end of the next long rest, either one of you may make the medicine check and may do so with advantage. So we are not proficient in medicine, but we have a plus two wisdom. So if we were to spend a day tending to Mel, then we could make the medicine check on her behalf and could make it with advantage and a plus two. Magic. To expedite the process, or expedite the process, or for the more serious injuries, magical healing may be needed. The table shows the level of healing spell, or in some cases the specific spell, needed to remove the effect. Blah, 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 blah. Receiving magic of the required level negates the need for rest. So treatment required, it says, uh, if I go down the table to where it says internal bleeding, she needs eight days of successful rest in order to uh, in order to get better again, with a DC of 14 on the medicine check. Eight days, DC of 14, or level five magical healing. How much would our salve help? You said it was for lingering injuries. Yes. So the salve, what that does is each use of the salve reduces the number of days that you need to rest for. Could she eat it? I wouldn't recommend eating it. It's a it's a topical salve. So she, you would we would uh, we would rub it, massage it into the bee's guts, um, and it would seep in, and uh, it would help. It would help reduce the number of days rest that she would need to recover. Um, if we used, I'm pretty sure I said there were six, uh, six servings in a pot of salve. If, for instance, we used all six of them. Um, Theoretically, like I don't think we can do that all at once because there's only so much benefit you can get from salve at any one time. But if over the course of like a couple of days or whatever, we reduced it by all six, then instead of needing eight days rest, she'd need two. And therefore she'd be down to an internal abrasions rather than internal bleeding. She can take a bath in honey, yeah. You only have flaws on that one. <laughs> Plenty of curative abilities in honey. Can you imagine that though? Do you know what honey is to a bee? It's like made from bee vomit. <laughs> it's like you taking a bath in vomit. 60 servings. 60, not six. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have said 60 servings. That's too much for what you uh, were going to pay for it, despite then getting it for free. Pretty sure, I'm almost certain it was six. <laughs> Shh, I'm just going with it. Could we thematically just use cure wounds each day? Yes, so cure wounds, oh, well, no, T cure wounds, because this is a serious injury, ours was technically not. Ours was the, uh, oh, well. I've I've manipulated this uh, lingering injuries table since I since I did that um, episode, but ours was considered the bruising, not the um, not the next level down. So a level uh, our our cure wounds I said was enough, but it's not going to be enough here. She needs level five healing or not or more, or lots of rest. <laughs> bee vomit? Seriously? Yeah, honey is bee vomit. Not quite that simple, but yeah, it's basically bee vomit. It's baby food, baby food to a bee. Eh? Blah, 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 blah. Hundred percent convinced that honey was made from crushed bees. <laughs> Send her home, short rest, hit die up on with the quest. 
bees eat honey as well. Yes, they do. Yeah, they need. Yeah, lots of animals eat their own vomit. It is vomit, but it's also food for them. It's an all-purpose thing for them. But it doesn't change the fact that they have to vomit it up in order to fill the bathtub. Like if you said to, uh, if you said to Mel, like, oh, it'll be all right. We just need to give give you a bath in honey. Um, can you just make some honey? And she'd be like, okay. <coughs> Vomiting into the bathtub until it's all full. And then she'd get in and she'd be like, oh yeah, this is pleasant actually. Thanks for the suggestion. Anyway, we are in a position where we uh, finished the we finished the fight. We look around, definitely nothing attacking us. We seem to have defeated anything in the area. We probably want to continue moving though, in case the pheromones, the the the, um, the pollen, is still attracting other creatures, uh, other other blights. We also probably want to, at some point, work out what the hell those things were that we just fought, because we've never fought plants before, and that was crazy. The amount of uh, the amount of um, drive that they had to come after us, especially those needle ones, seems like they were really gunning for something. So what do we want to do now, guys? We've we're in a position where we're surrounded by plant carcasses uh, and and, um, and a very heavily injured bee. We are feeling pretty injured as well. We have one spell slot left if we want to cast Cure Wounds. We've all, we can also regain hit points by taking a short rest. So do we want to keep moving to get away from here? Or do we want to short rest here and then move? Do we want to Cure Wounds and then move? What do we what do we feel in like? I'm just kind of gauging response from the, the chat, not a particular poll or anything yet. She's in a tree, she can stay behind. Yeah, she could we could leave Mel to just rest here for a while while we go do other things. It's going to be a big pit of bodies at some point. I feel I know where this goes. <laughs> Burn everything, Fancy says. We do have a lit torch still. Well, a torch that can be lit again. Loot and burn, loot and burn. Move and rest, move and rest. Move and then rest. Make a flaming circle of twig blight corpses and short rest in the center of it. We could do. Use one serve of the salve on her, and then we can carry her since she's injured and would be out of combat. I don't want to stick around in case it's more turn up from the pollen. Yeah, that's a good idea as well. Short rest here, because we can use the corpses of our enemies as deterrent to any wannabe attackers. Yeah, good point. I fear that more are attacked from those attracted from the pollen. Move and rest. I do not want to continue to follow these tracks. I feel like these things are under control of the things we're following, or like something, probably not that, but gunning for his comment was more significant than not. <laughs> interesting uh, interesting words to pick up on, eh, Wraith? The words that I choose to use. Kill yourself with cure wounds and then move, says Goofy. Also took four hours here to destroy some damn twigs, so... <laughs> Plants need fertilizing, blood and bone and all that. Short rest and then move on. All right, it seems like I need to uh, I need to put it to a um, put it to a vote, a proper poll. These are the five options for what to do right now. Are we going to use the salve on Mel? Are we going to use a cure wounds on Mel? Are we going to use cure wounds on ourselves? Are we going to move? Are we going to short rest? What is the very first thing that we're going to do? Cure and salve on Mel and pick her up. Leave in case more stuff comes by. In case we cannot survive another fight. 
What do we do with a drunken sailor? Leave Mel as bait while we make a runner. <laughs> Don't lynch me. Shouldn't we try to loot? We could, but I think that's the least pressing option of those five. Once we've done one of those things, we can choose to choose which of the next, which uh, we can add loot to the options. Does Mel have hit dice? Yes, Mel does have hit dice, so she can spend one of her hit dice to recover points of her own if she, uh, if if you do have a short rest. Yep, short rest. You can have a fire if you uh, if you have a short rest. You can light a fire easy enough. You've got a t you've got torches. You've got a tinder box. You've got plenty of uh, tinder around from the the dried up twigs that you were fighting. Loot is always the first concern. <laughs> Salve Mel to make the rest more worthwhile. Yeah, could do. Hmm. Uh, short rest here with 50% of the vote, just. All right, so in order, we had sh we had half, half of everybody who voted voted to have a short rest here. Quarter of them said to use the salve on Mel. 15% uh, said to use cure wounds on Mel. Only 8% said to move on, and only 4% said to use cure wounds on yourself. So we're going to start a short rest. So we're going to... Uh, so Apis decides the most pressing thing to do. They've got a lot of things going through their mind, but the most pressing thing Apis decides is to is to have a short rest uh, so that they can get their breath back. Uh, so we we drag all of the, the, the corpses of all of the bad guys around us and like put them in a fire, we, uh, put them in a, a pit, uh, a, a pile and start setting fire to it and like have a little short rest around it to make sure that we've got enough access to fire to, to scare them away because we definitely noticed that the twig blights were scared of fire even if the needle blights weren't. We start having a long uh, a, sh a short rest. So on a short rest, you can choose to roll... It, the way that I do short rests in my game is instead of it taking an, an entire hour, it takes only half an hour, but you can only roll one hit die per half hour that you spend resting. So we have, at level three, we have three hit dice that we can roll to recover hit points on a short rest. We haven't used any yet, so we've still got three available hit die to us. Um, do we want to roll one to recover some hit points? I'm going to put it to a, I'm going to put it to a poll. Um, uh, poll. Use a hit die question mark yes or no uh, if we use them we only get back one per day that's that's another change that I made to the the game is that you can you can use uh, one per half hour that you rest and you only get back once per one of them per day so it's a quick decision to be made do we want to use one we can basically use one for free every day but if you use two or three of them, you start to like go, ooh, we're running out of resources here. All right, 100% of people saying, yes, we, uh, we're going to use a hit dice. So we are going to spend one of our hit dice, which as a ranger is a D10, I think. I don't play rangers enough, so I'm just going to double check that. Hit points, D10, yeah. A D10 per your ranger level. So we get to roll a D10, um, which is, I can just go exclamation mark roll 1d10 I think 
Is that how this works? Yeah. 1d10 plus our constitution modifier of plus 2. So we got 5. 5 hit points back. So let's go back over to that. Oops, no, not this one. Not lingering injuries. Not home brewery. There we go. Apis. So instead of 9, we uh, we got 5 extra hit points back from that first rest. Uh, we're still wounded after that first rest. So we rolled our hit dice from that first short rest. Um, Mel is going to roll her hit dice, which is for her, let me check, I think it's a d8. Yeah, it's a d8 for her, which is why she doesn't have as many hit points as us. Let's just roll it on. Actually, let's roll it in front of me. Where is it? D8. Here we go. Eight. Yeah, boy. Eight plus her constitution modifier. What is Mel's con mod? Plus one. So she got nine hit points back from that first rest. So nine plus three is 12 hit points. She is back up to not wounded, but she's still about half hit points. So after half an hour of, of sitting and chilling and, and uh, enjoying the area with the with a bit of a blazing campfire from this thing, um, we're not exactly uh, we're not uh, we're not we're not encountered by any um, other blights during that half hour. So we realised that they they obviously didn't the pheromones that they were releasing weren't in, weren't getting far enough into the forest to attract any others. And these guys, the ones that we killed, we killed quickly enough that they weren't able to uh, release enough spores to attract others. So the dead twig blights and things, <laughs> or perhaps may maybe actually it's uh, it's the smell of burning twig blights that warns the others away from the area. One thing we do notice, though, ketchup poo. <laughs> Hyperrealism art. Yeah, I know, right? Um, one, one thing we do realize, uh, your this thing wears off. What is that? As we're as we're as we're putting them together, as we're dragging these twig blights and stuff around, we realize that each of them has sap that is seeping out of it in a very uh, blood-like way. It's it's quite thin sap and it's quite red, and it has an ironish irony kind of taste uh, uh, smell to it as well. So there's a good chance that these these plant material these plant creatures were and are bleeding. So we burn them, uh, and the the smell of burning uh, blight might have been enough to, to scare any others away that were in the area. But for what, whatever reason, um, we are not attacked by any more of them, it seems, as we have a half an hour short rest. So at the end of that half hour short rest, we recover uh, a few hit points ourselves as we sort of catch our breath and everything. We, we cook the rabbit. Yeah, why not? We waste not want not. We cook cook that rabbit up um, over the stick it on a spit, roast it round, and eat some rabbit. At the end of that uh, short rest, I think that's probably. Should we leave it there, or should we? Let's decide. Let's put it to a vote. Sort of what we do next, and then we can decide. Um, uh, then we can pick up there next time, so that we've so that every or the decision to make is still kind of fresh in our mind. can we salve mel now yeah so now we've got uh now we've had a bit of time we realize we're not getting attacked by any more we're not in quite so so much of a rush um we've got cure we've got one more spell slot that we can use for cure wounds if we want to so we can cure wounds uh we can put a salve on her to help with her lingering injury um and we can if we want take another short rest mel's doing better than us right now yeah <laughs> mel's actually not wounded whereas we are we've got more hit points objectively but um but she's actually more than half of her hit points maximum. All right, so another poll. Here we go. 
so there you go you've got one minute to decide what are we going to do now do we put some salve on mel do we cure wounds her do we cure wounds us or do we have a short rest again like a do we extend this short rest another half hour this is why i don't have people or creatures with me in campaigns stealing all of my heels <laughs> can't long rest yet goofy because it's only like 2 30 in the afternoon although the equivalent We won't get the benefit from a long rest until the end of the day. South Mel with 79% of the vote. So we unscrew the pottle of salve that we've got unopened, unused, uh, and we start to use this uh, start to use this melt uh, this melt this salve um, to rub it into the the the, the coarse hair-like furish um, belly of this this bee. It's quite fuzzy and uh, comforting, like a like a big cuddly toy. <laughs> A little bit coarser than a cuddly toy, though. Um, and we, we rub it in as she's sitting for the, the half hour uh, complaining that her guts are hurting. And that's when we realise she's um, she's got some sort of injury that she's sustained for the fight. So you think the salve might help. And you rub it in and it, and she seems to feel like it's helped a little. But it's gonna it's still some time away from uh, from fully finishing. So you've used that on her. She's uh, That's going to help for the day. Um that's the only time I think that's the only time you can put the salve on uh, per day, but you can do so again tomorrow if you if you uh, feel it'll help. Um, I think that's where we're gonna leave it. Down to yeah, we've we used the torch up now, so we're down to nine torches. There we go. Torches number. We've got nine of them. I think that's where we'll leave it. I'm I'm flagging. I'm going all over the place, so uh, I think I'll, I'll leave it there. 59 uses left. Innocent look. No, we now have five uses of the, the salve left. But you've got the uh, you've got some salve. You've got uh, one more spell slot that you haven't used yet, and uh, and you've spent and you are going to start here next time, deciding what to do and which direction to go and why there are creatures uh, made of plant material that seem to bleed out here in this uh, in the beginnings of the ex of the great expanse that's all for this episode of twitch tales but if you want to be there to actually join in on the decision making head over to twitch.tv forward slash robert hartley gm and click the little love heart to follow the channel it's free to do and it notifies you when i go live so you can tune in to join the fun i'll see you there